Hi, welcome to worship on this third Sunday after Epiphany. I'm so glad you're able to join me today. Let us begin with the confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Blessed Lord God, you have caused the Holy Scriptures to be written for the nourishment of your people. Grant that we may hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that comforted by your promise, we may embrace and forever hold fast to the hope of eternal life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from 1 Corinthians. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greeks, slaves or free. Then we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. For the whole body, were, if the whole body were an eye, where would be hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, 
and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So what did Jesus do wrong? Luke tells us that Jesus has been going throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues and people were praising him. Yet here is Jesus in his hometown, and the people are shocked by his words. When he sees the people's skepticism, he reminds them that other prophets, such as Elijah, were not accepted in their hometowns. He reminds them that God punished those who did not listen. Although this is not in our reading for today, Luke goes on to say that the people were so enraged They tried to throw Jesus off a cliff. Fortunately, he escaped and continued his ministry. Does it surprise you that Jesus was not accepted in his hometown? In some ways, it is hard to believe. We can all think of times when we have been proud of someone who has grown up here and went on to do great things. But can you also think of times when someone you know has said something that you doubted because you knew that a, as a, that person as a young child. You knew how he was raised and all the trouble he got into in his youth. Is that why you find it hard to believe that this person could have turned out so well? Now, we don't know much about Jesus as a child. There was one story when he was, when he was in the temple And instead of joining his family on their trip back home, he stayed in the temple. And then when they finally found him, he seemed indignant that his family was worried about him. Well, one story does not tell us much, except it may show us that he knew at a young age he was destined to leave home and follow God. We do know that his father was a carpenter, and it was probably assumed that Jesus would be the same. After all, it was up to the male children to provide for their families and take on the family business. The fact that Jesus left home and left his family may not have gained approval of those in the village. So here was Jesus coming back after he walked out on his family. And he wasn't coming back to rejoin his family. 
but to brag about himself, or so it may have seemed to some people. Jesus was telling the people that the words of Isaiah were being fulfilled in him. All we know about that day in the synagogue is what Luke has told us. Could it be that Jesus had said more and the people forgot because they were so enraged by his words that they failed to continue to listen? Or perhaps they did not even give him a chance to say anything else before they drove him out of the temple. Doesn't that happen to all of us? The minute we don't like what someone says to us, we tend to stop listening or walk away. Maybe Jesus did not have time to finish what he wanted to say because the people got so mad that they wanted to kill him. He had no choice. It was either flee or die. He had no time to explain his words and to ask people to join him in his ministry. The reason I say this is because Jesus could not have done his ministry unless he had people willing to follow him and bring more people to him. He relied on his disciples and other followers to bring him those who needed healing, to point him to those who needed to be fed and cared for, and to help him go against those in leadership roles who oppressed the people. Jesus was not telling the people how important he was. I think Jesus was trying to tell them that he had been sent by God to help them, and he would do this by bringing good news to the poor, releasing the captives, curing the sick, and ending oppression. And if the people would have continued to listen, Jesus would have told them that he needed them to help him. Just as Jesus needed the people to join him in his ministry then, Jesus needs us to follow him now. We see that explained in our reading from 1 Corinthians. We were all baptized with the same Spirit and were all welcomed into the body of Christ. Just like a body, we have many members, and they all function for the good of the whole body. As the body of Christ, not only do we work together, we rejoice in each other's accomplishments and we suffer with any of us who are suffering. We are individuals, yet we cannot function well without being connected to the rest of the body, because we all have special gifts, and when we combine those gifts for the good of everyone, we are following Christ. I think we all know people who are so sure that they don't need anyone else to help them live a fulfilling life that they really keep to themselves. Yet how often do we see these people suffering unnecessarily because they refuse to be a part of the body of Christ? They don't understand the importance of being a part of something greater than themselves. I think all of you understand because you are listening to me now. You want to be a part of the body of Christ. 
You want to support and encourage the other members of the body. You are filled with the Spirit and are letting the Spirit guide you in all that you do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon all of us, calling us to bring good news to those who need to hear it, to find ways to help those who are suffering, and to work for justice for all people. That is what Jesus wanted as he walked the countryside with his disciples. It was a huge undertaking and could not be done alone. Not only that, but Jesus knew his work would not be done by the time he was crucified. That is why he continues to call all of us to be his followers. There is much work that still needs to be done. He is counting on us to do it. He is counting on us to bring more people to Christ. Go out as the body of Christ and take the gifts God has given you to strengthen the body. After all, Jesus' ministry is counting on all of us. Amen. Using the words of the Nicene Creed, let us confess our holy faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. 
On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance. So we are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. You reveal yourself to us in the reading of Scripture. Fulfill your word through the faithful witness of your church. Send us out to bring your liberating good news to all people. Merciful God, receive our prayer. All creation proclaims your handiwork. Teach us to love all you have created. Bless every creature and sustain species at risk of extinction. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You desire no dissension among us. Where we are divided, come quickly to reunite us into one body. And be with all those in military service and their families. May their ways be safe and their homecomings joyful. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Anoint with your spirit all who seek your favor. Be with all who suffer in any way, especially those we carry in our hearts and those we name aloud. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Build up the body of Christ in this place. Bless the ministries of this congregation and empower us to welcome and value each person who enters into worship and ministry. Merciful God, receive our prayer. In thanksgiving, we lift before you the saints for whom the promise of salvation has now been fulfilled. Tend to those who mourn. Bring us together in your everlasting glory. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all our prayers to you in confidence and faith through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
Go in peace, share the good news. Thanks be to God.